something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know. From HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And this, friends, is Stuff You Should Know. It's raining frogs. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got a lot of those during the uh, search for this. Oh, really? Yeah, during research for this. You got It's Raining Men references? Yeah. Huh. Kept coming up in... I didn't see any of that. Predictive search and... Really? Yeah. And then there's a lot of um, raining different things, mouse pads out there available. Oh, really? Yeah. At e-retailers like Etsy and Zazzle and stuff like that. Basically, if you type something in, Zazzle will be like, well, you know, we'll put that on a mouse pad for you. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's an adorable umbrella out there, a see-through umbrella with with frogs all over it. That's cute. Yeah. Are they splatted? Uh, no, they're not. And they're actually, oh, it didn't show up. They're in this article. There's triplets holding them. Wow. Yeah. Three times the adorable. <laughs> so, um, Chuck. Yes. Uh, I, I ran into a lot of um, descriptions of crazy stuff happening over the course of history yes, here on planet Earth. Um, as far back as I could see, there was uh, a guy named Athenaeus. He lived in the 4th century B.C., Okay, and he was a traveler and writer. And he mentioned that in the area that is now Dinar, Turkey, uh, it frequently rained fish and frogs. Frequently. Okay. And uh, not only... Did it frequently do it once? It rained frogs for three days there, he said. Wow. Yeah. And so much so that the, the villagers had to leave because they were just inundated with frogs. They poisoned the water. Um, whenever they tried to cook, there was like frogs and there were frogs everywhere. And yeah. it was raining frogs. Sounds like the ramblings of a fourth century BC Greek madman, right? Sure. Okay. I will say that. But what about Bergen, Norway, in 1578 and 1579, when it rained, supposedly, yellow mice and lemmings? It rained lemmings? Supposedly. Now, that's been widely discredited. Okay. But what about Memphis, Tennessee, January 1877, it rained live snakes, some as big as 18 inches long. And this one was reported in Scientific American. Yeah, uh, Pliny the Elder. Yep, which is the name of a beer as well. I found out. 
an IPA even. Nice. Um, first century AD reported rains of flesh, blood, and wool. Yeah, wool. 1873, Kansas City, Missouri, rain and frogs. Australia, rain and fish. Yeah. Acapulco, 1968, raining maggots. Ew. Yeah. Uh, Tadpoles, it, jellyfish in Tasmania. Jellyfish? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, pretty scary. The one of squid, that's BS. It was some guy who found a single squid. <laughs> really? Yeah. So what we're talking about, all of these are documented cases of it raining crazy, crazy stuff. It's rained blood before, supposedly. Well, really, it was an algae, um, but it did in India and Russia. Right. And the people in Russia found that they had a the biggest crop yield ever, thanks to the blood rain. Isn't that weird? Wow. Yeah. Um, but all these are documented cases, and you can, for the most part, throw a lot of them right out the window. Like the lemmings one in Bergen, Norway, mm-hmm. is just a lie. Other ones, um, like... Uh, there was a report of rain, I believe, in London, somewhere in Great Britain. Um, where, so it's London or the rest of Great Britain, it was yeah, like that. <laughs> um, this, where some guy, some doctor, came out into his garden, and there was a bunch of frogs there. And the day before, it had been dry, and uh, he had a high garden wall, so the only way they could have gotten there was rain. So it rained frogs in Great Britain that year. There's a lot of stories like that. Yeah, where people are just stupid, yeah. right? I, I did notice that, that a lot of the stories were people didn't actually witness it, but they just assumed. Like, There's tadpoles all over my car, so it must have rained them. Exactly. Which, um, you know, that's not the most illogical conclusion. Even one of my personal heroes, Charles Fort, threw his goofy hat in the ring. Yeah. Forty and Times is mm-hmm. the greatest magazine ever created. Um, Charles Fort said that there was something called a super sargasso sea mm-hmm. that was suspended above the earth, and every once in a while this... It would dump some of its contents in the form of rain on the earth, and that's how you got raining frogs. Yeah, that was from the Book of the Damned. Yeah. And by damned, he meant excluded, I found out. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't either until today, too. Yeah. Um, Boy, the snakes one. That was in Scientific American, man. Live snakes, foot and a half long, raining. I caught a snake the other day in my yard. From the sky? No, no, no. I was just doing the weeds, and I saw... And he was a copperhead. He was... Uh, oh, wow. Those are yeah. deadly. But I, I picked him up like Steve Irwin, and Emily was very impressed. <laughs> I'll bet. And I like took him across the street and displaced him. Displaced him with extreme prejudice? No, I just, you know, I did the trick, and I snuck it behind him, and I grabbed him behind the head. Right. And uh, took him away, a poisonous snake. Popped his head clean off? No, he was fine. Field dressed him and ate him <laughs> on the spot? He wasn't that big. You're going to get some mail for letting a poisonous snake go in a neighborhood. It was already in the neighborhood. I just moved them to a to a empty uh, wooded op- uh, open wooded land. But you didn't exercise extreme prejudice and just supposed to kill him. That's what a lot of people are going to say. Ah, that's crazy. So anyway, there's a lot of crackpots and kooks and dummies out there who say that oh, kill it's snakes. rained. Oh, <laughs> it's rained frogs. It's rained uh, squid. That squid one just irks me. Yeah. Um. It's rained a bunch of crazy stuff. People not named P.T. Anderson? Yes. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I finally saw There Will Be Blood yesterday, day before yesterday. You had never seen that? No. What did you think? It was a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, Josh's one-word review. <laughs> a lot. Two words. It could be two. Yeah. It depends. Uh, the crazy thing is, if we're finally going to get to the point here, 
It actually has rained things like frogs before. That's right. This really has happened. Not just people saying, oh, there's a bunch of frogs everywhere. They couldn't have possibly come from anywhere else but the sky. There have been people who've reported frogs specifically Mm -hmm. falling from the sky in the middle of a storm, and it's true. It happened as recently as 2005. Yeah, and was that the Serbia? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Where people, there was a big old storm, and people saw and heard frogs raining down from the sky. Hitting their roofs, and basically, apparently, what like you were saying, uh, P.T. Anderson in Magnolia. Yeah, what he depicted is probably a lot what something like that would look like. I would imagine so. Uh, there's an explanation for this. Oh, it's not the end of the world. We're going to go into that. It's not one of the plagues, biblical plagues. Although we'll get into that. Uh, first explained by French physicist Andre Marie Ampere in the early 19th century, he said. You know what this is? This is a water spout. Oh. It's a tornado that forms and then goes over the water, becomes part of, you know, partially water, and it picks up these little light things from as deep as, what, like three feet? Three feet. For a big one. Yeah. And uh, picks these things up because they're obviously lighter than, you know, it might not be picking up like a great white shark, but it'll pick up a little fish or a little frog Mm -hmm. or a tadpole. Mm Mm-hmm. And then as it dies out, it spits them back out when it gets over land because it decreases in, what, pressure? Yes. For filler, since you just explained the whole podcast, <laughs> let's talk about how a water spout forms. Okay. Okay. So uh, you've got two kinds of water spouts. You've got tornadic, which is just like a tornado. Yeah. And it starts with a vertical clockwise turning column of air that eventually goes down, so it's cloud to surface. Yeah. Right? Those are really scary ones. Sure. And they're associated with storms. There's another kind called a fair weather water spout, mm-hmm. which can whip up on a sunny day, and they go from surface to sky. But in both cases, a water spout is an example of warm air forming a low-pressure area, yeah, which is formed by low-rising air. And as it goes up, remember, cold air comes in to fill the void. That's right. And those two things interplaying, the low-pressure warm air rising and the cold air um Dropping, high pressure dropping, form a vortex, which creates suction in the middle in Mm -hmm. the low-pressure area, the difference in pressure, and that's how you can suck something up, up to three feet beneath the surface. Right. Or if you're a tornado, you might suck up a dog or or a cat or a cow. Yeah. Or a car. And we talked about this. We didn't do how tornadoes worked. We just did, what's it like in the eye of a tornado? Yeah, which is pretty awesome. It was good. Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, are we done? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, sometimes it's just a few dozen frogs. Sometimes it's hundreds. Sometimes it's thousands. Right. Sometimes it's pieces of animal. Sometimes they're frozen solid. Yeah. And hail. Yeah. Um, and all that is the water spout got high enough into the atmosphere that sure. it reached a, an area that was beneath zero. Sometimes it's not just animals. Sometimes it's tomatoes. Or coal. Or coal. There's a guy in Manassas, Virginia, who got a frozen 10,000 Deutschmark note. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, frozen. Was this after they converted to the euro? I don't know. You can still trade those in, I bet. Oh, I'll bet. I'm sure. Are they completely out of circulation, I wonder? I hope not, for this guy's sake. Okay. Um. So frozen is one way that they come down. Which would be kind of really interesting if a frozen frog landed on your car. Right. Shredded. Yeah. Like you were saying, because of the um, the violent uh, wind speeds, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that always kind of sticks out to me, and I'm sure the answer is, is because it's just not the case. But why is it that it's always just one species? I knew you were going to say that. Well, then answer. Well, I don't have an answer um, because I wondered the same thing. Uh, there is a, a professor at, at um, Washington University that says, um, you know, it just makes sense because they're similar size and weight. They might be all hanging out together at the one point where this thing goes down. Yeah. That still doesn't explain it to me, though. I mean, if a water spout goes down over water, it's going to be spitting out fish and frogs and whatever else. And it's always, almost always reported to be one, one thing. Yeah. It's like it's raining frogs or it's raining fish. And fish supposedly are the most common um, yeah, animal rains, to be rained. Sure. Rains fish in Australia like every day. Yeah. It's like they're like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, why why they're not mixed together or why they're not reported to be mixed together Yeah, is the weirdest thing. It is weird. Um, there's another professor from southern Illinois that theorizes that it's not just water spouts. He said it can be any kind of unusual updraft. Yeah. Um, anything like at a speed of 60 miles an hour plus can pick up light objects and deposit them elsewhere. So uh, not necessarily just a water spout. Although it has been observed by, like, you know, bona fide people. Okay. Like this one professor in Louisiana in 1947. Uh, he worked with the Department of Wildlife he was eating breakfast, and he saw, like, an average of one fish per square yard raining down. 
So the, wow, know. that's a, that's a significant amount of fish, depending on the size of the fish. Like people say, fish. Are they talking about guppies? Are they talking about crap? Are they talking about? Did you say crap? Is it crappy? Crappy. <laughs> <laughs> are they talking about you know swordfish? Those are really dangerous. Yeah, when they rain. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I think they're light because that's the whole point. Even a updraft from a water spout of two hundred miles an hour isn't going to be picking up you know great white sharks. Right. That's that's a movie for you. Raining sharks. Yeah. What about Piranha? Piranha 2, they, they flew and made it onto land, right? Isn't that Piranha 2? Oh, the original Piranha 2? Yeah. Yes. So. Not the new Piranha 3 double D. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. Jeez. I know. So I guess, um, Occam's Razor, uh, teaches us mm-hmm. that in this case, the simplest explanation is that, um, this is Satan's work. Okay. Um, a, what, a water spout forming, supposedly, and just picking up things and then <laughs> dropping them over land? Right. Okay. Right? Um, and Raining Frogs is explaining it, I guess, is part of this larger trend that's gripped the scientific community lately, um, which is explaining biblical phenomenon. Yeah. Phenomena. Yes. Phenomena. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. You dug up this article on the biblical plagues. Yeah, the ten plagues of Egypt. One of which was frogs. Yes, but it didn't rain frogs. A lot no. of people think that it supposedly rained frogs. No, what supposedly happened was apparently it's like where you know Dinar in Turkey is now. They were just overrun by frogs. Yeah. Um, and I guess I can imagine there was another horror movie from the eighties about that. It was just about giant frogs and lots of them. Right? Really? Yeah, it was like the birds, but with frogs. Huh. And a frog can be kind of unsettling when it's staring at you, especially <laughs> if it's surrounded by thousands of its companions. Yeah, judging you. Yeah, um, and they'll kind of get all over everything, and they'll get underfoot, and you'll step on them, and things get slippery and mucky real quick. Ugh. And that was one of the plagues of uh, Egypt. It wasn't the first one, though. No. So should we explain this away? Yeah. I, again, it's in vogue right now to explain away the plagues. And the cool thing is, is these um, these researchers figured out, or they suggest that all of these things were linked. It was a series of events, of amazing events, that um, became what we know as the ten plagues of Egypt. That eventually caused Pharaoh to say, "Hey, Moses, you guys can go. <laughs> Back your stuff and leave." Uh, yes, you dug this up from The Telegraph, one of my favorite publications. And Richard Gray, the correspondent yeah. at The Telegraph. You can tell he's the science correspondent. Yeah. Look at that hairline. So uh, they have some evidence that what kicked this whole thing off was uh, a climate change, a climate event that happened way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a city called um, Pi Ramesses on the Nile Delta. Right. It was abandoned about 3,000 years ago, Yeah, which they think this explanation works in concert with that abandonment of the city. And they said that there was a dramatic shift in climate uh, toward the end of the second reign of Ramesses. Ramesses. Ramesses? Ramesses. <laughs> and uh, we had a goat named Ramesses, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you can't just say that. Things like that. Sure, I can. Um, 
So they found that the end of the rain um, co- coincided with a warm, wet climate and then switched over to a really dry period. Yeah. And that was not good news for the Nile. No. It kicked off the first plague, which was the Nile turning to blood. So how did that happen? Well, the Nile supposedly dried up um, and became kind of this muddy, mucky, slow-moving mess. Sure. No longer vital. And prime for this type of algae that we know was around back then, that's still around today, called uh, burgundy blood algae. That's right. And basically it sucks the life out of a uh, mucky area, which would have caused the second plague, frogs. Right. Well, and the, did you say the name of the first plague? The river turns to blood? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it, so frogs suddenly infesting where the people were living. Because there's no place to be in the river. Yeah. Right? The, it's suddenly turned lifeless, right? Right. And so now the frogs are everywhere, um, which would have, they're everywhere but the river, which would have led to the third, fourth, and fifth plagues, right? Third and fourth. Third and fourth. Yeah. Which were flies and lice. Yes. All of a sudden, the frogs aren't around to eat these things, so you're going to have a lot more frog, uh, lice and flies. Yeah. Okay. So far, so good. Yeah. Now what? Well, after that, while everybody's itching and like swatting and like trying not to slip on all the dead frogs that they've stepped on, um, the following plagues were diseased livestock and boils. Which you're going to have if you've got lots of flies and lice and mosquitoes. Spreading disease. Spreading disease. Okay. So that's, that's okay. That one's, I mean, it makes sense, but that's not like the, oh yeah, of course. Right. Um, after that, we have, uh, the seventh, eighth, and ninth plagues, hail, locusts, and darkness, mm-hmm. which they think was coincidentally caused by the uh, eruption of the volcano at Thera mm-hmm. on the islands of Santorini, which happened 3,500 years ago, and which they found evidence of in Egypt. Right. Excavating some uh, some locations in ancient Egypt, they found pumice, volcanic stone, from uh, the Thera uh, volcano. Yeah, because they're... They're like, there are no volcanoes in Egypt. Yeah. How could there be pumice? Exactly. Well, they looked and they said, oh, it's from Santorini. Wow, that's kind of big. Um, so you have the um, this volcanic eruption, mm-hmm. huge, huge volcanic eruption. Um, the ash mixing with the uh, clouds mm-hmm. over Egypt would have caused hail worth writing down in the Bible. Boom. Um, and then it would have also um, created uh, locusts because it would have raised the humidity and the temperature, right? Right. Uh, which locusts love. I thought that one was a little tenuous, but it still made sense. I did too. But then the darkness. Volcanic ash blotting out the sun. Yeah. Which we've heard could happen. Ever heard of a nuclear winter? That's right. Same thing. And so there you have it. Uh, all the plagues explained, sort of, except for the last one, Josh. This one didn't seem to be connected to anything. It was kind of freestanding, if you ask me. But the tenth plague was the death of the firstborns. Yeah. Um, the firstborn sons, I should say. Yes. Um, in Egypt were suddenly dying mysteriously as, as a plague. And they think that possibly there was some sort of grain fungus that killed the firstborns who would have had first dibs on food. Yeah. So they would have been the first to die. I thought that was a little hinky. A couple of these were a little hinky, but little. I, th- I thought it was interesting to read for sure. But I mean, yeah. They weren't going to be like, hey, right. we're going to get front page exposure in the Telegraph by saying we've explained 
eight of the ten <laughs> plagues of Egypt. You have to go for ten. Yeah, sure. And you got to fudge, apparently, if you are a researcher looking to get media coverage. Oh, we don't know if they fudged. Still. That was, a, that was not the greatest link. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's it. That was a weird, weird episode all over the place. <laughs> we talked about raining frogs. That was based on an article on the website, Can It Really Rain Frogs? It can, but I have to say that just a little bit of skeptic in me says, I would have to see that one to believe it. Me too. Uh, in the meantime, I'll just watch Magnolia very frequently. Uh, if you want to learn more about frogs and rain, you can type those things into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, it's time, man, this is weird, uh, for listener mail. That's right. Josh, I'm going to call this, uh, it's a family affair. This is Sly and the Family Stone. That's right. Um, hey, guys, I'm a 24-year-old stay-at-home mother of two wonderful children. Mm -hmm. My husband is a Marine who has been deployed to the Middle East for just over a year. Okay. Uh, you may be interested and somewhat surprised by how much of an effect your podcast has had on our family. Uh, firstly, I began listening while on bed rest during my second pregnancy. Sorry to hear that, by the way. Bed rest, no good. Stuck with us. Yeah. I quickly became addicted to the fun tidbits of knowledge that you, uh, you two threw out. I began listening to your podcast in the car after my daughter was born. Uh, my husband, who isn't big on listening to people talk, also took quite an interest at this point, as well as our six-year-old son. Man, so I think about it, though. We probably have had, like, a real hand in their daughter's development <laughs> from the womb. That's right. Uh, when you began talking about Kiva, I realized how wonderful this would be to teach our son about helping others all over the world while also teaching him about uh, how money, lending, and percentages work. 
Uh, he is extremely proud and excited to be doing so much good, and he even asked if he could use his birthday money to lend on Kiva. Oh, what a sweet kid. Um, I was so touched by this, I even shed a little tear. <laughs> That's her talking about me. Oh, oh. Um, I might have got weepy, though. I'm sure. <laughs> Our son is extremely intelligent for his age, and his school doesn't seem uh, to adequately feed his appetite for knowledge. He wanted me to let you know that he loves your podcast on animals the most and requests that you include more insects and animals in your lineup. Okay. Uh, my husband this listens... One, wait, wait. This one kind of counts. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, my husband listens to your podcast religiously while deployed and even had a little baby fit when his iPod pooped out a few months ago. Did he get a new one? I hope so. Um, he has me... Imme- oh, yeah. He had me immediately send him my iPod so that he could survive. <laughs> Uh, we often email back and forth as we don't have many opportunities to talk on the phone, and the subjects of the podcast often come up in the emails between my son and my husband. It gives them something to talk about that isn't too heavy, since I don't want my husband or son to get too upset about the distance between them. Uh, it doesn't do any good for a Marine to have his mind off his mission. Thank you so much, Kate, Dan, Olive, and Ryan. Man, that is awesome. Isn't that nice? The whole family listening. That is awesome. I love hearing that. Hey there, Kate, Dan, Olive, and Ryan. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Be Hope careful you... over there. Yeah. And sorry for this one. Sorry for this episode. <laughs> She'll never hear this one. She'll just turn it off. Yeah. Um, wow, that's cool. If you have a story about how SYSKs in... had an impact on your life, we love hearing stuff like that. Um, we would love it if you would let us know about it. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuff you should know. And you can send us an email at stuffpodcast at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.